can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We were actually setting up for an interview and Hannah was like, oh, I just got so much to tell you. Can we just record our <laughs> intro for the next episode right now? I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. So apparently she's got some news. She's got some updates, guys. So I'm set up in this really weird makeshift little studio in Byron Bay. As you know, as our regular listeners would know, I'm in Byron Bay. So it's been a really, really shitty year, hasn't it, Joe? It certainly has. <laughs> but I, I had... Mm. <laughs> my best kiss of 2020 last night. I feel like surely that can't have been a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have that many in 2020. Tell us why. Why was it the best one? Look, I don't want to get into the details, but it was just okay. <laughs> there was just a lot of chemistry, I think, from the moment okay. we saw each other. As you know, as you know, I don't know if the listeners know, have we talked about henna? I don't know if we have. I think we've talked about it like <laughs> off air with guests before. So my girlfriends say, because they say I have two personalities, one Melbourne personality and then Holiday Hannah, and Holiday Hannah's called Henna. And so mm. they actually stop calling me Hannah and all the texts that I get are like, hey, Hannah. <laughs> Hannah is definitely has arrived. Yeah, Hannah has arrived, but Hannah's still working. So actually, do you know what would be really funny if um if we update the next episode? <laughs> if Matthew <laughs> updates the next episode, I'm Hannah. I'm Hannah first. <laughs> anyway, update on that. It's Friday night, and I am going on a date tonight. We've said with good kisser. patching partner from last night. Yeah. Awesome. I like to make up little nicknames for um, Hannah's potential lovers. We've had some funny ones in the past, but we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to discuss. (laughs) So, Hannah, what is on today's episode? So, on today's episode, we are talking about colonics for the cringy combo. Finally. 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 (laughs) And then, so that you don't have to get one. And then we have Nafisa Abdallah. She is the Science Communications Associate Manager at Desium, who are, they are the parent company of your favorite brand, The Ordinary, and the products we didn't know we needed. So you guys might not know that Hannah and I actually did record a cringy convo on Colonics at some point, like many moons ago. I think that was probably the end of last year. It was at least a year ago and the podcast wasn't as established back then and I wasn't (laughs) as comfortable with everyone knowing about my bowels as I am now. Now I don't care. So So we recorded it and then we listened back to it and I was was legitimately crying at my desk because it was so funny and she was like, no, we can't put it out. We're not putting it out. And I was like, oh, this is literally the best cringy combo we've done. So we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. Doing it again. I, it's happening. I think we've become more comfortable with our poo. So I think yeah, like, I'm, I'm ready. So. I'm ready now. Yeah, After right. the Inspired Unemployed episode, I was like, you know, anything, <laughs> anything is on the table now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can ask Jack from the Inspired Unemployed what he would do <laughs> if you got diarrhea on a first date, I can talk about colonics. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So basically, um, I want to preface this cringy combo that this is the same as the vagina sheet mask because we mm. we and the medical community and ear candling. Yes. So we <laughs> and IV drips. <laughs> yes, exactly. But so IV drips actually are performed by a medical professional. But anyway, we and the medical profession they don't necessarily advocate colonics because there's actually no medical research to say that there are any benefits. Mm -hmm. So I've done one and some of my followers have done them as well so that you don't have to. So we'll let you know what happened. So I posted a story on my Instagram, which Joe usually does this. And I, you know, I said, I want to hear your colonic stories. So one person responded, which reminded me of my own experiences with colonics. She said, had a coffee colonic, cleaned out my pipes like nothing else. I farted a coffee smell for days afterwards. And I really related to this one because I have a coffee colonic story to tell you. So, so I also had a coffee colonic. I was on a health retreat and I remember going into the room and you lie down on this table and, you know, a tube goes up your bum and then they fill up your bowels with water. And I remember looking at the water and it was brown and looked like dirt, it looked dirty. And I remember looking at it and I was like, God, why don't they just use clean water? Like, I was so <laughs> So you were laying there with a tube up your bum thinking, yeah. oh, they're putting dirty water yeah. up my bum. I was like, they, did they get it from the river? Like, I was so confused. <laughs> anyway, I did it in Hannah fashion. Yeah, didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no questions asked. And then I and then afterwards I because it's a health retreat and it's a it's a cleanse, you drink like green water for dinner. And I we're all sitting around mm. the dinner table and I was like, hey guys. Can I just ask, like, why do they use dirty water for the colonics? And one of the guys just stopped and was like, "Um, it's a coffee colonic. (laughs) And he goes, why would you agree to have dirty water put into your (laughs) house? And I was like, did you say because I'm mad? That's a really good point. Why would I agree to it? (laughs) That is my experience with coffee colonics. But I, I was doing some research and... Coffee colonics are definitely not advocated by mainstream medicine. So don't yeah. do that at home. Not surprising. Yeah. No. So um, I've got some other ones that got sent through. So this one's probably my favorite. My cousin used to perform colonics as part of her job as an alterna- at an alternative health clinic. She saw a new client one day, gave the usual talk and instructed her to undress waist down, lay on the bed, cover with a towel. When she came back into the room to insert the tube and start the treatment, the woman screamed, and this is in caps, where? are you putting that confused my cousin said the tube flushes the water from the colonic in irrigation at which point the woman said i'm here to quit smoking i booked for hypnotherapy <laughs> so i loved that one that was so good oh um, god can you imagine oh my god, that's like that girl that got fully undressed to have her brazilian wax <laughs> exactly um <laughs> I bought a colonic packet. On, <laughs> I bought a colonic package on Groupon, which oh, I just God. think that already I was like, nah. <laughs> but she says it was legit and really professional. However, I was under the impression that you stuck the hose up your own ass and just let it and let it do its thing for half hour. 
No. Tiffany stuck the hose into my <laughs> bum for me and stayed in the room rubbing my tummy for the entire 45 minutes to encourage all the waste to move, move and come out. And she's turned the water on and off. We watched my poo come out through this little window on the pipe together. A real bonding experience. I think I went back four or five times. Once we were chatting so hard, she forgot to turn the water off and my stomach was so full of water, I thought I was going to poo myself and throw up at the same time. And then she said, I kind of got addicted to them. Imagine that. Imagine getting so close. You know, I actually watched, um, you know, Trini London. Yeah. I actually watched her. She filmed her colonic. Oh. It's on IGTV. So if oh, you actually want to see what happens, that. she films it. Like she obviously doesn't film her the pipe going in her bum hole, but it's it's on her IGTV. It was probably a few months ago, but I remember it coming up in my feed and I was like, oh, interesting. And I watched the whole thing. So um, I will, I like, this is on the sim. Someone said, I had one in Bali. I saw so many vegetables come out that were completely intact. Like, oh my God. What? Do you not chew? <laughs> no, clearly not. Just swallows broccoli florets whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to my appointment and saw my doctor looked like George Clooney. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh. You had to have a hot. No, no, no. That's really bad. All right. So Let's get on to what a colonic actually is. So mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research and really interestingly, colonics date back to the ancient Egyptians and ancient Greeks because they that's where it all kind of originated from. And during a colon cleanse, so I we were talking about tubes up bums, but technically yeah. a tube goes into the rectum while you lie on a table yeah. and a large amount of water is pushed through the tube to flush the colon. The water is then released through the colon in a similar way to a bowel movement. And I can confirm it is very similar to like <laughs> a very watery session of diarrhea. Oh, so that'll just be like normal for me. Yeah, that's normal for you. Oh my god, can <laughs> okay. you ima- can you imagine you getting a coffee colonic? I think oh you'd be. God. I think you would. That be would deceased. go so wrong. <laughs> you'd actually. I think you. I don't think you would survive it. I, I think don't I would perish. <laughs> I think your colon would come out with it. <laughs> practitioners boast a variety of supposed health benefits and I think one of the main things is they say to you is is it removes toxins from the body and I wanted to know whether any truth to the claims Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. David Hoffman he's a medical oncologist at Cedars Sinai Tower Hematology Oncology Medical Group so I found an article with his advice on it so he said the presumed health benefits of those treatments are not proven There are no established scientific facts. And in fact, there's actually risks when doing these treatments in a non-medical setting. So I feel that the moral of the story is that you need to speak to a medical professional before investigating whether or not to do a clinic. So see your GP. Do not buy on Groupon. Do not buy on Groupon. That is the moral of our story and that is the warning that we're officially giving you from listening to this segment. And the other thing that I that I found out was that actually some people um, mistake colonics for a colonoscopy and they think that they're oh. going to get a colonoscopy, not a colonic. So a colonoscopy is actually a medical procedure. They put a um, camera up your colon, but... Yeah. The other thing that people confuse it with is an enema and an enema, I believe, is something that you do before you have surgery or a medical procedure where you flush out your bowels prior. Oh, okay. A colonic is very different to a colonoscopy and an enema. So I think, (laughs) Gowen, I personally, I did feel 
but maybe because I was in a very spiritual health retreat setting, I may it, yeah. may, it may have been a placebo effect that I yeah, thought. Yeah, you were just at one with your body. I was just having, you know, I was doing ecstatic dance and I was doing all sorts of, you know, spiritual shit. And so maybe. Yeah. Also, did they say it was going to be a spiritual awakening to have the colonic? No, no, no. They say that the cleanse. So the, they say that you have a spiritual uh, experience on the cleanse because you you basically don't eat for five days. That sounds horrific. <laughs> Were there any horror stories from having them? Yeah. So this girl said, I swear it's not normal to spray shit on the ground whilst running to their toilet after. No, that doesn't sound normal. <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound normal, no. A lady giving me my colonic turned out to be an old colleague. She'd changed career. Imagine you turning up to your first colonic and I was there and I was like, hey, Joe. Oh, if it was you, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, put her up there. No career change. <laughs> I do colonics now. A lot of people loved it. They like loved it. Oh, my God, best experience. And then some people said hated it, traumatised. It okay. Depends how like comfortable you are with your own bodily functions. I would agree that something like that would need to be performed in a medical setting because you are putting something inside your body. Yeah. So I would agree hundred percent with that. See a GP, don't buy on Groupon and just make sure that you're having individual advice. Make sure the water's clean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ask questions. I think that's probably a good one. Ask lots of questions. (laughs) Don't just like blindly do whatever they tell you. So, Hannah, one of our most listened to episodes of this podcast is episode nine, where we spoke to the CEO of Desiem. So, have a listen to that if you haven't already, because we're kind of touching on a few similar topics. But today we have Desiem Science Communications Associate Manager. That is a mouthful. Nafisa Abdullah here to answer your most frequently asked questions about the ordinary. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm sure everybody listening is like squealing internally because we always get asked about the ordinary and we actually put a story up on our Instagram asking for people to submit their questions. And one of the most common ones that always comes up, and this always comes up in our DMs anyway, about the AHA and BHA peel. So let's just get this one out of the way. I'm pretty sure we discussed this with Nicola, but it's definitely become more in demand since everyone has posted about it on TikTok. Can you tell us why we don't have the AHA, BHA peel in Australia? Absolutely. And it is it is so sad um, that it's not available. I mean, it's not available in Canada either, if it's any consolation. <laughs> um, but the reason why it's not available in Australia is because it, it is qualified as a pharmaceutical grade in countries where it is not permitted. So it is permitted for use by medical or dermatological clinics only. But for people who are looking for an alternative to that um, and a more milder alternative to that, we usually tend to recommend the ordinary lactic acid 5%. Or if you are already a, you know, a user of um, resurfacing ingredients anyways, then perhaps you can bump it up to the 10%. Okay, good answer. <laughs> Joe, have you seen all the memes about the yeah. AHA, BHA peel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I see it on TikTok at least once a day. 
everyone's just obsessed with it and people just harass us constantly. (laughs) Where is it? When's it coming? (laughs) I mean, it's a brilliant product. Yeah, I've never used it. I had asked Nicola in the last episode to smuggle me some into Australia, (laughs) but I am yet to receive my bottle. All right, so Olivia asks, how many serums is too many? It would depend on what it is that you're trying to target. It is very tempting to try to overload and oversaturate your skincare regimen when really that is not necessarily at all. So we tend to recommend to use no more than three serums in a single regimen for optimal layering and ingredient delivery. So we generally suggest to apply water-based solutions first, followed by anhydrous or oil-based formulations, and then finishing it off with a cream. So let's say if you are generally trying to target multiple skin concerns. They usually float to about two to three skin concerns, which is generally what people try to target. So whether it's, you know, skin dryness, uneven skin tone, texture irregularities, it will float within those. And then outside of that, people generally try to address medical skin concerns. So that would be things like acne, for example, which would not be uh, suitable to use cosmetic ingredients or cosmetic formulations for. So we, we say for a maximum of three serum formulations. Thank you for saying that, because I feel like a lot of our customers make the mistake of buying the entire ordinary range because it's so affordable. People just go nuts and they're like, oh, I may as well have the whole range. I completely understand. And it it could be quite overwhelming when you see people getting results with the skins, uh, with with the formulations that they are utilizing. Mm. So it could be very tempting to try and buy what other people are using just to see if you're going to achieve the same effect. So I completely understand. So Mads asks, lots of the ordinary products target similar concerns. How do you pick which one is right for you? Oh, that's a brilliant question. So generally the best practice when building a generic skincare regimen, it is to select the products that would target your unique concerns that are uh, visible to you. So the basis of every skin regimen is to include a gentle daily skin cleanser. So something that would be gentle towards its action on the skin that would remove the excess debris off your face without compromising the skin's barrier against moisture loss. So it should also include a moisturizing product and that would generally tend to comprise of a combination of ingredients that sort of support the skin's own moisturizing barrier and I would also recommend to always try to incorporate uh, some sort of sun protection, so uh, an SPF uh, to the exposed areas of the body. And depending on the extent of exposure that your skin has to uh, the strength of the UV radiation, you could select the suitable SPF. So Kelly asks, what serums shouldn't be used together and why? Ooh, Kelly, great question. That is very hard to narrow down because... I mean, if you just look at The Ordinary as a brand, for example, we do have multiple product conflicts and each one of them has its own reason behind it. So for that, I would recommend to explore our regimen guide because under the regimen guide for every product, we do list the product conflicts. So if you are interested in a particular product within The Ordinary uh, and you are trying to put together a skincare routine for yourself and you're trying to see when to use and when not to use a combination of products, take a look at the individual product conflicts for each of the product under the regimen guide because it would specify which products to use and not to use together. Mm -hmm. So next question that was asked by Tyler, what's the strongest retinol product by The Ordinary and how does that compare to brands like SkinCeuticals? Ooh, interesting. We can't really speak for 
non-Destian brands, uh, we can only speak to our products, but the strongest retinol uh, or the most potent retinol formulations that we do offer is the retinol 1% in squalane. And the reason why it is at 1% is because of the fact that in the jurisdictions that we do sell in, the maximum concentration that is permitted for cosmetic use is 1%. So how does the like scale of retinols, what's the lowest strength and then what's the highest strength of all the retinoids and retinols in the ordinary range? In general, the Grand Active Retinoid is considered to be the more uh, gentler alternative to the retinol. But both of the two options, so the Grand Active Retinoid and the retinol, we both suggest the same thing, which is starting with the lowest concentration, which is 0.2 for the retinol, and that would be the uh, 2% concentration for the Grand Active Retinoid, which is a Grand Active Retinoid emulsion format, and then building up to the highest. So with the retinol, you have uh, 0.2 and then developing up to 0.5 and then 1%. And then with the Grand Active Retinoid, I believe it is the 5% concentration that we have. Let's say, for example, my skin tolerance may take time to develop depending on my skin type. So if I've utilized the entire bottle, but I still felt like I still get sensitivity from time to time for, at this particular concentration, I would continue to persist utilizing it at the same concentration up until I feel like the skin has adjusted and then moving upwards. But if you've utilized the entire bottle and you felt like your skin has reacted really well, you have not seen any sort of like persisting peeling or redness or any signs of sensitivities, then to me, that would suggest that your skin has developed a tolerance. So Britt asks, what serums do you recommend for acne prone skin. So when it comes to acne, I think it's really important to just note the fact that cosmetic products in general, including those that are offered by Desium, they're not treatments for acne as acne is considered to be an inflammatory skin condition. So it is a medical skin concern. But because of the fact that it is a medical skin concern, it should be targeted with an appropriate medical treatment uh, that is tailored to to you. So for any sort of like persistent acne-related conditions, we always recommend consulting with a general practitioner or a dermatologist in order to make sure that you're getting the best uh, treatment possible. However, with that said, visible signs of congestion that are usually associated with acne-prone skin may be targeted with a regimen that aims to balance the skin's lipid and water. Water content. So when we're talking about acne prone skin, that kind of skin would generally tend to suffer from uh, either like enlarged pores or textural irregularities or uh, visible shine. So the kinds of uh, products that we could recommend that we offer under the ordinary would include things like the niacinamide 10% plus zinc 1% serum or the salicylic acid 2% mask. I mean, both of them aim to balance the look of visible shine, uh, reduce the appearance of enlarged pores, uh, visibly target uh, texture irregularities. Another really great aspect to include with the skincare regimen if you are looking to target those kinds of skin concerns is to include a really great and gentle skin cleanser. So for example, within The Ordinary, we offer the squalling cleanser. So it's a lipid-based cleanser and it essentially works in the system of like dissolves like. So uh, because it is lipid-based, it will easily remove any sort of excess sebum or uh, makeup, for example, to provide you with uh, a nice, smooth and supple skin that is cleansed adequately. Another great thing that you could also include is a really great moisturizer, uh, one that is not too heavy, but it does include ingredients 
ingredients that are known to sort of support the skin barrier. So for example, our natural moisturizing factors plus HA cream under the ordinary, it includes ingredients like amino acids, fatty acids, and ceramide precursors. So these are all ingredients that are great at reinforcing the skincare barrier to make sure that it does function adequately. A very um, diplomatic answer there. (laughs) Making sure you put the disclaimer first. Um, Laura asks, why is the HA sticky in texture? Ooh, I love questions like this. It's very (laughs) sciencey. So HA, if we talk about hyaluronic acid uh, and we take it back just a little bit, hyaluronic acid is a polymer. So when it is present in a solution, the polymer chains will uh, try to get tangled together. And that would give the solution a great elasticity and viscosity. So majority of the times, hyaluronic acid is cross-linked. And because of that, it uh, increases its molecular weight. And as a result, it will alter its physical properties. With that said, though, there will be naturally a variation of the viscous properties of your hyaluronic acid solutions or serums, depending on a few things. And that would include, for example, your average molecular weight or the concentration at which the hyaluronic acid is present at and the conformation of the polymer in which it exists within the formulation as well. So the conformation can actually differ at different conditions, such as um, changing pH or the temperature in which the solution exists in. So Bronte he asks how this this must have been asked a few times Joanna uh more than a few yep <laughs> how is the brand so cheap compared to other products the reason why the ordinary has such a great pricing is because we focus our efforts in harnessing the power of the here ingredients in our formulations. And by doing that, we neglect the addition of bulk ingredients and we strip the formulation right down to the basics to make sure that it serves its intended purpose. So we offer familiar, effective clinical technologies and they exist um, to communicate with the integrity and, and bring the to uh, the market effective and more familiar technologies uh, at honorable prices. So in other words, we don't want the fluff. We just want to deliver what the ingredient is famous at doing and what the ingredient is scientifically known to achieve within the skin. So for example, a formulation containing any of these familiar technologies, uh, they they don't necessarily cost much to make. Um, And because they are not new concepts, no resources are essentially wasted on marketing to convince any of our consumers of its efficacy or of the new form of, of innovation. And I think because of that, as a brand, The Ordinary uh, takes pride in sort of honesty and it fights innovation stagnancy in the industry. And it indirectly sort of celebrates the depth of innovation of our brands like Hylomide and Niad uh, to continue to bring to uh, the category. Renee asks, I find some of my ordinary serums like the HA make my sunscreen pill. How can I stop that from happening? Oh, great question. I mean, we can take it back to the science. So sunscreen formulations tend to either be water in oil or water in silicone formats, and they consist of suspended filters, right? So in this case, when we're talking about applying them, we need to take into account two factors. The volume of serum that you're utilizing or you're applying on your skin prior to applying your sunscreen and how you are actually layering your sunscreen. So if we take the first point, you may be pilling because you might be using a little bit too much of your hyaluronic acid serum. So try cutting down and see if you sort of half the number of drops that you usually use and allow for that formulation to sink 
can before you apply your sunscreen. In another format, if let's say we're talking about layering uh, and where to layer your sunscreen, we always recommend to uh, let the sunscreen be your last step in your skincare regimen. So after you've, after you've applied all of your other skincare formulations, then you apply your sunscreen, given that you have allowed sufficient time for the previous formulations to sort of be absorbed within your skin. Our next question. Oh, Joe, you always give me the hard ones to pronounce. How do you pronounce azelaic? <laughs> azelaic acid. Azelaic. Okay. Uh, Francis asks, when will we be able to get the, uh, say it again. Azelaic. <laughs> Azelaic acid in Australia. Oh gosh, I I'm gonna be a broken record here and say the same response as to why the HA VHA is not available in Australia, but it is the exact same reason. Um, it is because it's qualified as pharmaceutical grade, um, so it is only permitted for use by medical or dermatological clinics only. Oh, I've heard so many good things about it. I'm really keen to try it. So as soon as we're allowed to travel, maybe I'll get one overseas just to give it a whirl. Absolutely. <laughs> I need to get off TikTok. I'm being um, brainwashed on there. Similar to that question, when will the salicylic acid 2% serum be re-released? Because that disappeared a while ago, but I really liked that personally. So I'm keen to see that come back. I, I, I was in love with that product as well, and I am highly anticipating its release. Um, but we are looking and hoping to launch it sometime within 2021. So please do mm -hmm. stay tuned. And as always, uh, you know, follow us on, on our social media accounts to stay up to date and to be one of the first people to know. I actually also wanted to ask about the sun's screens because Nicola actually mentioned that when we spoke to her. Was that last year, Hannah? That must have been last year. Long time ago, more than a year ago, I think. Yeah. And so I think she was saying that they were anticipating a release mid this year, but obviously with COVID and stuff like that, I imagine that's been delayed. Are they still on the cards? Are the SBFs coming? Uh, we are hoping that they are still in the cards. Um, given with the whole situation, there is a level of uncertainty, of mm -hmm. course, but they're definitely being worked on. Okay. Good to know. And so final question, Jessica asks, what are the top must-have products for each skin type? Um, I love this question, but I also find it a little bit difficult to address because, you know, you do have your generic scale of skin types, but I'm the kind of person where I believe there are a lot more variations of that just than outside of just the typical three. But if we were to keep it very simple, if I were to break it down to dry skin and oily skin, um, with dry skin, let's say if we're looking at The Ordinary, for example, The Ordinary offers a wide range of products that aim to sort of target skin dryness. So that would include uh, a gentle approach to cleansing alongside a selection of leave-on products that both support and mimic the skin's own natural barrier against moisture loss. So for example, if we were to hypothetically talk about a regimen that we would design for hydration support specifically, that would entail a gentle cleanser such as the squalene cleanser, a moisturizing ingredient such as our natural moisturizing factors plus HA, and a humectant or a hydrator. So that could either be your hyaluronic acid plus B5 or your amino acids plus B5. And then what you could do is uh, if you feel that one serum is not enough, you could double up on the serum. So for example, if you feel like the hyaluronic acid is doing a great job, but you would like to further enhance that, then you can combine it with the amino acids plus B5 as well. And if we're looking at oily skin. Oily skin generally tends to experience visible shine, enlarged pores, texture irregularities due to clogged up pores, for example. So within The Ordinary, we offer great products that would help to 
address that. So that would include the niacinamide 10% plus zinc 1% serum, the salicylic acid 2% mask. Uh, the salicylic acid is a great ingredient known to uh, clear the pores from the inside out. And also both would help to sort of balance out the look of that visible shine. And as well as that, also highly recommend the squalene cleanser in order to remove the excess sebum and the excess dead skin that is on the skin, uh, on the face. Amazing. Well, if you have any other questions about The Ordinary, our customer service team are very used to answering questions about The Ordinary and they know pretty much everything about the range. So you can always hit them up on live chat or via email if you have any more questions. Don't flood our DMs because (laughs) (laughs) poor Megan will be in there like, oh, just directing you to CS. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today, Nafisa. It was great to talk to you. I hope that you're keeping warm there in Toronto. And if we have any more questions about The Ordinary, we'll just have to bring you back for another chat. I would love that. I would love that. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. It was brilliant. For the next couple of months, I will basically only be doing Byron Bay edition products. I didn't know I needed. Yes, okay, great. So you can expect a lot of like sweat-proof, humidity-proof, skin-like stuff. So today I am choosing Virtue Unfrizz Cream. I like the sound of that for you. Don't know if the name gives it away. It's pretty vague, but um, <laughs> it does does help with the frizz. I've actually, what I did as a little bit of a test was I did one day without it and one day with it. And the difference was quite incredible. So mm. on the day that I didn't use it, Linda was like, your hair. Have we got a before and after we can put on stories? I'll have to, I didn't take a photo. It was too embarrassing. I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I didn't like it. And then, and then, but I will, I will for the stories. Okay. Yeah. So no straightener, no nothing, nothing else, just Get the unfreeze cream. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's really good, isn't it? Oh, Hannah's just turned her camera on to show me her hair. Because I've seen your natural hair Mm. and that is not it. Yeah, that's a real first impressions from Joe. So basically what it has is it's got the Alpha Keratin 60KU, which is their patent technology. And it's not heavy. It doesn't like leave, you know, sometimes when you use sort of products that have got like maybe they're kind of oily. Yeah, like leave-ins. Yeah, so it's not like that at all. Is it quite thick in texture or it's like a a serum-y texture? No. It's kind of in between a cream and a serum. So more like a lotion maybe. Yeah, like a lotion. It's um, perfect if you've got really frizzy hair. So the point that I'd like to be at by the time I leave Byron is back to curly hair. So okay. I'm tr- going to I'm gonna try and detox from the straightener and hopefully using this product because it's p- like getting rid of all of that frizz. Well, that's made a massive difference to your frizz, mm. like massive. Yep. I can't believe that. That you haven't had anything over it. It's really nice to be able to, because I just, I never leave my hair natural in Melbourne. Yeah. And so it's really yeah. nice to be in a place where I have to. And so there's going to be a whole like heap of product now that I can actually yeah. talk about. Henna's letting loose. Henna, <laughs> Henna has curly hair. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. <laughs> She's got... <laughs> Can I tell you what else Hannah did the other day? Um, yeah. I decided that I didn't like my shellac on my toes, so I just picked them off. Oh. <laughs> and I've oh. really, I've really ruined my big toenail. Yeah, I can imagine that wouldn't have gone down that well. Yeah, it looks really, it looks really mangled. But anyway, yeah, you didn't want to re-listen to that episode we did about properly removing <laughs> shellac. Yeah, all right, nah, she's gone, she's um, gone rogue. What's your product, Joe? 
My product I didn't know I needed is the Estee Lauder Pure Color Envy Lip Repair Potion. Now, this is not to be confused with a previous PWD KWN of mine, which was the, I think it was like the the nighttime rescue lip oil. So this Mm -hmm. one's in a longer tube and I thought it was a lip gloss. And when I went to look it up so that I could talk about it, I actually realized it's meant to be a lip repair formula, but I've been wearing it as a lip gloss. Oh, nice. I'm I'm rating it as a lip gloss because it's really nice. So what I've been doing is using a, either a Mac or a Charlotte Tilbury lip pencil and basically filling in like my whole lip pretty much except for the center and then using this over the top it only comes in the one color it's like it's maybe a little bit pink but mostly see-through so I would do a lip liner oh my god I've just looked it up I've been using this one as a gloss too oh my god have you yeah. I thought you got it as well yeah I sent us a couple of products <laughs> and this was in there and I just got it out like just you know to see what it was all about and I've ended up really really liking it and now it's in my handbag so that's saying something you can use it overnight as a repair formula or as we've been using it as a lip gloss you can also do that as well um, and I find it lasts really well on the lips it lasts like a it's almost lasts like Lano lips. You know how it's really, you can just feel your lips are hydrated for a really long time? Yes. You don't get that with a traditional lip gloss. You know, once you've had something to eat or drink, the lip gloss is completely gone. This actually stays on your lips, which is pretty miraculous. It's 49 bucks, so it's pretty pricey, but it's Estee Lauder, so... I wouldn't expect it to be any cheaper, but yeah, good to know that you've also been using it, Hannah. I lost my lip liner on the first day that I got here, the only oh, lip liner that I brought. Oh, no. And I, and I have a pimple, like, a, you know how I get a, I always get a pimple, like, above my lip, like, above the day, your lip. day before a day. Yes. Why has that happened to you? <laughs> so, so someone weird. said, someone said it's maybe stress related. Oh, yes, it might be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or you're just lathering too much stuff around yes. your lips because you're anticipating yes. a pash. No, no, no. That, yeah. Sorry. I think that's it. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Well, that wraps us up for another week. Next week is our final episode for 2020 oh. and we have something special lined up, don't we, Hannah? We seriously, it, w- it was, I have like 10 new smile lines from, <laughs> from that recording. Like you've made me like develop more wrinkle, fine lines and wrinkles, but it was worth it. Hope you guys know how much yeah. I go through to... <laughs> And we hope that you all have a very happy and safe Christmas with your families this year. But we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.